So the year is coming to a close. It's not just a year, too. It's more than a year. I mean, that's so, a year's for lazy people. The decade is coming to a close. How do you feel about that? Huh? Just got pretty real. Let's talk about what a year this has been. Hi, everybody. Pre-accident investigation, the annual end of the year episode for 2019. I'm Todd Conklin. I'm your host. And let's start this discussion with a musical interlude from a band called Steel Wind. I discovered them in Winfield this year, 2019, and a song called F5. Just when you think things are fine, you never see her coming down the line. She'll get you out to watch her dance, but this ain't something you leave to chance. She ain't no Wendy Cindy, she ain't no Hell Abigail, she ain't no Hard Rain Lorraine. You better watch out, you better watch out, you better watch out. She always starts as just a cloud Next thing you know, it gets real loud She'll spin you round, then throw you out A twisted love that makes you shout She ain't no Wendy Cindy She ain't no Hell Abigail She ain't no Hard Rain Lorraine You better watch out Better watch out You better watch out When she's gone, you'll be left in the dust Thinking about a woman you thought you could trust Picking up the mess that's in your mind Telling yourself it won't happen next time She ain't no Wendy Cindy She ain't no Hell Abigail She ain't no Hard Rain Lorraine You better watch out Better watch out You better watch out that's Steve Wheels on the Pre-Accident Podcast, and that is She's an F5. 
She ain't no hard rain, low rain. <laughs> you gotta love that song because it says, You better watch out, you better watch out, you better watch out. It's a song about risk. It's a bluegrass song about risk. It's a bluegrass song about risk in women. So it's the perfect bluegrass song. It's got banjo. It's got dobro. It's it's mandolin. It's got it all. It's it's the perfect song, and it really is kind of a perfect summation for this year. This year's been a crazy year. I mean, it's been amazing. Near as I can tell, we've gotten together about a hundred and four times this year, and um, fifty two of those times were interviews with people just like us. In fact. 52 of you that are listening to this probably are thinking, holy crap, this was my year. I made it. This this was the year I made it in. And I snuck multiple people in. I mean, I, there were people I thought I would never get to interview, but using trickery and psychology, I was able to bring them into the fold. And that, I think, was helpful. We got a lot of good stories. This was the year of the murder hotel story. Huh? <laughs> Remember that? That was a big story. It was the year of many plane episodes, many planes, almost all of them ending with me almost getting kicked off, but not getting kicked off. Um, which is about how I like those stories to end. In fact, if they don't end that way, it, it bothers me a little bit. We did a lot of uh, discussion this year on metrics. Metrics were a big part of our discussion. And our metrics discussions probably had the most feedback from listeners really across the board. So not just the safety people, but the high-performance computing people, a lot of medicine, a lot of pilots um, really listened carefully to the discussion around metrics. And so that, that I mean, that makes for a good uh, time. When you get feedback on the podcast, I think that's kind of special because uh, everybody's busy. There's no question about that. To me, the highlight of the year is not one podcast. There was not like one best podcast. Uh, it wasn't that kind of year. I mean, there were some great ones. The, to me, the highlight of the year this year was the amount of inclusion and the amount of feedback that you guys had as part of the, the pod family. I mean, being a part of it. You, you're certainly more comfortable telling me what you like and you don't like, and that's fine. But you're also much more comfortable in telling me, here's what we ought to talk about. Here's somebody you ought to talk to. Here's an interesting thing that we ought to talk about. And, and we get that covered, and, and I think that's, that, that makes a lot. Um, well, it helps us all. I mean, it just makes us a lot more solid, and that's kind of why we're here. So that's a pretty big payoff for any direction. The year, I think, was summarized. Well, if you ask me to tell you about my year, um, it was a good year. It was busy. I mean, th this year I spent more time traveling to places to talk to people about the stuff we talk about than I probably ever have before, which I guess is great. I mean, that means a lot of people are getting exposed to these ideas. And it certainly gives me a lot of opportunities to tell airline stories and restaurant stories and murder hotel stories, the murder hotel. But I think more significantly – this year is really marked by the fact that a lot of these new safety ideas are becoming more and more mainstreamed, which is great. I mean, it's the more the merrier. In fact, there are new podcasts out now, a whole bunch of new podcasts out that talk about safety the way we talk about safety. And, and to me, that's not threatening. In fact, far from it. Kind of the more the merrier. 
I mean, the more we can have these conversations, the better off we are. And the more people that get expertise, that's only a good thing. I mean, I encourage you, as you and I sit and talk a couple times a week, and we have for a long time, uh, the knowledge you have about your program and your systems and the experiments that you've done and what you've learned and what's been successful and what's failed, that knowledge is really valuable. And lots of other organizations really want it. I mean, they're, they're, they're desirous of it because that's a really significant amount of information that the only way they can get is either they have to try all the mistakes you've done or they have to talk to you about how things happen. I think that's a part of what I think is a, a big bellwether for this year. The other thing I noticed this year more than any other year is that the workers – the perception companies have of workers, that's a better way to say that, is changing. And it's changing, certainly, in my opinion, I'm pretty biased on this, it's changing for the better. But what I'm seeing is that the companies are, are much, organizations are much more interested in actually increasing engagement with their workers. And by increasing engagement, I, I really think they mean engagement. I think what they're talking about is actually significantly including the profound knowledge that the worker has about the processes, systems, and organization into the planning and development and strategy of how the organization moves forward. It seems silly to me because basically what we're telling people, and this is what you do for a living just in case you don't know, is to talk to their workers. Talk to your workers. You should talk to your workers, right? And it seems like that's the dumbest thing ever to tell. I mean, uh, companies should know they need to talk to their workers. But I think that the old paradigm around safety management was really directed at the worker, and the worker was the problem, so the worker needed to be fixed. So you didn't really talk to the worker because the worker was the problem, right? You had to bring solutions from outside. What we know now, because we're so much smarter and better looking, is that the solutions for the problems always exist in the group that has a problem, right? I mean, it helps to, to look around, base, baseline, benchmark, talk to people. Those are all really good things. But if the group owns the problem, the group has to also own the solution. And that notion of connecting with workers better, maybe that's a better way, engagement is what I'm trying to say, connecting better with workers, that's become more prevalent and a bigger part of the discussion this year than it has been in years past. The other change, and this is a promise I'll make you guys for next year, because we need to talk a little bit about the future before this heads up, is that you're really starting to hear discussions around changing the way investigations happen. And this year was really interesting. I, I got to work with Nippon on it, who, uh, who studied quite successfully the Costa Concordia failure and got to spend a lot of time with the captain of the Costa Concordia. Uh, if you got to be a part of that class, that was great. What's interesting is that what's changing in our world is the way we think about investigations. Now, investigations, generally speaking, are tools that we use to learn, not tools we use to fix. Corrective actions are fixing tools. Investigations are learning their analysis tools. And what Nippon helped the world understand a little better this year 
is that the context in front of the case is probably more significant than the consequence of the failure. And in that class that Nippon teaches, it's really interesting because he starts out by saying, we're not going to talk about the fact that the captain left the ship. The captain abandoned ship. He abandoned ship and went to a bar. So there's tons of provocative reasons why we should talk about that. I mean, that's like that's like three weeks worth of discussion right there. But he says we're not going to talk about it. And he kind of sets it up as a conflict for the class. By the end of his discussion, it's so apparent that you don't really need to talk about the fact that the captain abandoned ship because it happened after the consequence happened. It's really not even the same event. It's a completely different event that has nothing to do with the actual failure of the cruise ship. Changing the way we think about investigations is enormously important, and it's happening. It's really weird. In fact, even the the use of the term root cause has become... It's become less normalized and more understood as kind of a tricky term to use. Sure, linear systems have root causes, right? Linear systems fail in linear manners. But complex systems will never have a root cause. In fact, the notion of root is bad and the notion of cause is bad. So this year is really marked with a a renewed vigor around understanding investigations. And I think that's going to be an important part of looking into 2020, the the next decade. Because 2020, I think, that next year, I think that's going to be a year where we talk lots and lots more about how investigations should change so they become tools to help organizations learn, not tools by which we assign blame or determine corrective actions. So the way the employees changed, the way we investigate has changed. To me, the big switch, the switch that I see everywhere, and the one that I think is especially good, is that our definition of what safety success is, is also changing. And this was a year where you saw a lot of traction around that as well. Safety is not the absence of failure. In fact, systems are mostly reliable and mostly stable, and workers mostly do work successfully. Where once we counted safety by measuring how many times we hurt people, now what we're realizing is that safety is not the absence of failure, it's the presence of capacity. And Eric Hallnagel really challenged us this year to ask one very special question, and that is, what's happening when nothing bad is happening? Now, you can only answer that question by talking about normal work. Uh, The blue line, as Bob Edwards would call it, And that recognition that the blue line is really an important and very meaningful part of how we manage work, that's become very, very present in this year's discussion. All in all, if you ask me, 2019 was a pretty good year. I mean, if we're talking about having progress moving forward, changing the way the world sees its safety paradigm. I would say we're in the plus column this year, and that's pretty important. It's been a great year for, like, the five principles of human performance. That book I wrote this year, uh, unbelievable to me how much it's sold. It must scratch an itch that's out there. 
And it's funny because it's just really a reinforcement of the principles we've always talked about. We changed the language a little bit to make about a tiny bit more contemporary and quite honestly, just a little easier to remember. But that sort of need to go back to the first principles, the the first five principles, I should say, (laughs) that need, that's really reinforced this year as well. And that's been a fun part of the journey and the discussion and the direction we're heading. I guess really all that's left to talk about on this little sad podcast, I guess more of it. I don't know. I don't feel like this is a sad podcast. I'm kind of glad 2019's over. I'm ready for 2020. It just, it's got a better ring to it, if you ask me, right? What's left in the 2019 recap year in review podcast is a discussion of next year. Now, I spent a lot of time this year, and you could probably tell it, in really trying to understand what success looks like for us. Because in our world, we don't have a product, and we don't really create things. Like if we do a really good job, nothing happens. That's important, and I'm proud of it, but it's not very satisfying. So I desperately went out to look at what the definition of meaningful work is, and I found that definition. I've used it a lot. Good work, done right, done well, for the right reasons, right? I've talked about this a bunch this year. Good work, done well, for the right reasons. Well, that's kind of where I want to push you as we move forward into 2020. I think the one thing we want to be hyper, hyper aware of in 2020 is how much care and feeding we take care of within our community. Our job is to reinforce each other. When things get tough, when the going gets rough, we need to be here for one another. And we need to help support our peers as they move their organizations through what is oftentimes a difficult journey. At least parts of it is difficult. Good work, done well, for the right reasons. Mindfulness and satisfaction are tools that you have. And I guess I'd remind you, sort of as a motion forward, that the present is your life. If you're waiting on the future to get better, you're missing out on the now. And if you're living in the past, well, you're completely, completely giving up the present. This moment right now, this moment right now is your life. This is it. And I want you to ask yourself, am I in a position where things are happening the way I need them to happen. Good work, done well, for the right reasons. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. That is the 2020 target. If there's a New Year's resolution for 2020, it's to take care of myself and to take care of the people in my community, the people around me, the people I love and care about, the people I work with every day, the people I get to talk to, you're a part of that. That's my goal. Good work, done well, for the right reasons. This year, I'm going to try to to do a little less, only because I think it's worth thinking about. I'm not often good at doing less, but I know one thing. If you drive hard continuously without a break, then you're not taking care of yourself. 
and you're not living in the now, in the present, because all you got is right now. And so one of the things I'm going to challenge you on is to help me and I'll help you sort of be mindful of where we are, of being in the now, which sounds so flaky and sunflower seed and go to Whole Foods and buy some beans kind of, but it's not. I mean, you can either pretend to live in the future, but you don't, or pretend to live in the past, but it's already over. Or you can understand that you really exist just in the now. And that's a really important part of where we are and what we do. 2020. Man, it seems like that's a, some kind of bellwether, right? Like, wow, that's meaningful. 2020. It's going to be interesting, that's for sure. But I think it's going to be great, too. All the indicators tell us we're in the right place doing the right thing for the right reason. So let's, uh, let's support each other. Let's make each other better. That's always worthwhile. And let's continue to build community. So the podcast, it's going to go another year. No need to stop it. But here's the deal. I'll do it for another year. But you need to be actively a part of it, just like you are now. Listen as much as you can. It's hard. I know there's tons of them. Tell your friends. That's important because I don't know how people find out about this unless you tell them about it. Subscribe because that makes a huge difference to the search criteria. I finally, they're finally explaining to me why this matters. So if you subscribe, the algorithm and the search criteria changes, and it's easier to find your podcast. That's what they say anyway. I don't know if it's true, but it sounds good. But most importantly, actively participate, argue with the podcast, disagree with the podcast, make suggestions, complain, be a part of it. Because this is our community. Because normally we're busy with our friends and our coworkers, our compañeros de trabajo, but our peer group is us. We are each other's peer groups. And we're here to support and make sure we're successful. So that's what I'm going to ask you to do. Make this year amazing. Make this year the year where you're in the present. You're in the now. Make this the year where you're constantly building community. At least that's what I'm going to try to do. And maybe lose five pounds. I might put that in there too. I don't know. If there's donuts, that's going to be hard. So we'll see. But we'll try to make it happen. That is my message for you. That is the podcast, the the final podcast of 2019, the year-end review. This is the one that makes the biggest challenge to how next year looks. This is the podcast that on the 28th of December will hit the streets to tell you what will happen next year. Learn something new every single day. Have as much fun as you possibly can. And for goodness sakes, you guys, be safe. <music>